terrorize the world. Hello everyone, I'm Brian. And I'm Nick, and you're listening to the podcast from the Black Lagoon. So today we're tackling Jordan Peele's Us. Man, this movie was great we're, we're gonna jump in here with a spoiler free review real quick and then we're really gonna get into it so after the next two minutes or so we'll give you a warning we're gonna get into spoiler territory for right now general impressions i really like this man i this is what i want to see out of a movie i want it to be yeah impossibly original i want it to be riveting weird as hell like the whole thing was like jumping down a rabbit hole into this whole new kind of horror movie something we haven't really seen just yet yeah, it's it's definitely new. Like, there's a lot of unanswered questions that I have about this movie, and uh, it, it's it's it threw me for a loop. And I really, I honestly, thoroughly enjoyed it from beginning to finish. I was on edge. Like my my spine was tingling. My my everything was tingling. A little bit too much information, but uh, I. Jordan Peele did an amazing job with this film. He really set the t- like tension straightforward. This is what you're getting into. Right from the beginning. Man, the title sequence about the abandoned tunnels in the U.S. Uh-huh. I, I like how they just introduce that, and then they do nothing with it for a long time. Yeah. That's a great way to start a movie. That's it, because it keeps you wondering, what did that? what's the point? What does that mean? And you just have this brooding kind of, what's going on here? Uh, we'll, we'll unpack all that in a moment here. Um, kind of overall feelings, I really like this. I thought it got a little bit muddled at times, but this was a incredibly unique film that tackled some gigantic themes that I don't I I I need to watch it again to really kind of get everything out of it to really yeah. see what he was going after. Um, but man, it was cool. Yeah, I'm 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 really excited to see what he's gonna do uh in the future because i i know he's gonna be doing a reboot of Candyman. if you've ever seen candy man no before way. um okay. and i think they're uh fuck i forgot his name i forgot who played uh candy man can you look up can you look that up real quick who played candy man uh, i don't have access to my keyboard right now i've got a blanket oh, over it bitch. it's all right man don't worry uh, about it uh, 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 no i feel like a, i feel like an idiot let me brainstorm real quick um hold on alexa who played Candyman? i don't know she'll do it christina aguilera (laughs) 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 all right there's got to be a song called Candyman. (laughs) fuck all right alexa what was the cast in the original oh you got it okay (laughs) tony todd yeah um Christina Aguilera, yeah. <laughs> Christina Aguilera played Candyman. Thanks, Alexa. Thank you. Um, I think, do you think we should keep that in the episode? I no? don't know. Um, yeah, go ahead. Why not? Um, so, I think Tony Todd is going to be reprising his role as Candyman. So, I'm really excited to see where that's going to go. Um, and then, I believe he did a reboot of Twilight Zone really yeah 
You did a reboot. I, I think it was an episode or it was a full series for Twilight Zone. Um, and I, I've never watched Twilight Zone. I know that's kind of blasphemy and everything, and I gotta get into it um, eventually. But he's a really smart dude. And there, like throughout this movie, like not throughout the whole thing, there was bits and pieces where you could see the comedic undertone of the characters and the dialogue, and I just love that. It's not, it's not too, uh, like over comedic, to where the like the horror is just taking a backseat, and it's not, oh, like it's still like horror is the main goal. And then there's an undertone of comedy. And that kind of reminds me of An American Werewolf in London. That's why I actually enjoyed this movie. Because there's that little soft undertone of comedy in it. Yeah, I think the humor was really balanced in this. Um, That's a good point. It's a lot like American Werewolf in London. uh, Because they do really, they integrate horror and dread. And that subtle bits of uh, uplifting moments. uh, And often really ironic ways during some of the more horrific scenes that we won't uh, reveal too much about here that said this pretty much does it i mean you want to get into the spoiler review at this point yeah let's go into let's, we're gonna go ahead and, and go into the spoiler uh, we're gonna go ahead and go into the spoilers ladies and gentlemen so if you don't want any spoilers uh come back and see us later um yeah. yeah, I don't. So let's. We cannot effectively talk about this movie without spoiling it. There's so much going on in this film. You really kind of have to take it apart. I mean, I I think this is so cool because the movie, kind of from the start, it's structured a lot like a home invasion film. When you kind of when it really starts going and the exposition is done, it feels like a basic. Here's a family. Stuff is about to happen, but it becomes so ambitious and huge. And the scale expands so much by the end that it takes you from this little domestic horror movie to a national horror movie. And I love that idea of, um, it's not a paranormal film, but it has these elements of, of eeriness and suspense and paranormal-like things to it. It feels like what I've always wanted out of a ghost movie. Bring the thing out into the streets. It's so lame that these all-powerful demons are bound behind a wooden door. Like, what happens if you let that loose on a national scale? Like, why doesn't that happen? Yeah. How cool would it be to make a possession film where the things are let loose in the neighborhood and in the city? And this film does that in a really cool way. And it does it while hitting on these heavy societal themes that are just, oh my it just nails God, it, you yes. know? Yeah, it really does. And, I mean, honestly, I was, I was taken aback. Um, there are some things that I don't like about this film, but I can appreciate it. Like, I think I'll get over it once I watch it a second time. Uh, cause I don't know. Uh, my first impressions of watching the trailer and everything for this film was, okay, this is about, this is going to be a home invasion, but with, you know, complete copies of, uh, the victims you know, the, the the assailants are them, or something like that. You know, like a shapeshifter. Shout oh my out. God, my dog's eating kibble now too. Our dogs are 
ruining our episode. <laughs> They're conspiring against us, man. They are. It's the government. <laughs> uh, but... Oh, there's another dog barking now. There, there were a few... God, she's drinking water now, man. What's going on? Alright. So, I... Th- you know, I thought this was just going to be, like, a, a home invasion film with, like, some supernatural elements thrown into the mix, which I thought was pretty cool. And then they take it further out into the city and everything worldwide, and I didn't really know how I felt about that. I kind of got, like, generic, um, like a generic zombie film feel to that. Right, and, uh, and I, I love that point. I felt the same way. On one hand, it needed to get that big to do what it wanted to do. And we'll kind of talk about the purpose for all of that in a moment here. To, for Peel to actually make the statement he wanted to make. I mean, it felt kind of heavy-handed. Us is supposed to be like U.S., like United States. The, the clones are Americans, us, U.S. They have this whole, like, pop culture references everywhere and... There's somewhere nestled in there is a statement about what? Speaking of references, uh, towards the beginning of the movie, you know how uh, that place was filmed in Santa Cruz? So it takes place in Santa Cruz, right? Um, They make uh, one of the characters, the the mom says, either the mom or the dad say, oh, they're, they're filming a movie like right over there. And I didn't realize it until after i watched the movie like i i I had well when i was watching the beginning of the movie i got that feel is like this kind of reminds me of the lost boys you know because it was filmed in it was filmed in santa cruz um it took place place in santa cruz and uh you know and that reference they like oh they're filming a movie that's a reference to lost boys Sure. And that, that'd be one of many references that he makes to all kinds of films throughout the whole movie. It's really cool. Why? Because it's important. This is about um, yeah. pop culture. It's about America. It's about how can people like me and you accidentally torture other people by living out our daily lives leisurely. Mm-hmm. You know, I brewed a cup of coffee and I let my dog out and I'm paying rent and I live in a nice apartment in Florida with my girlfriend and we live well. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the tunnels below, subconsciously, we are tormenting somebody and we don't even know it. We're unwitting villains. That's kind of the whole point of this movie. They yeah, just go I, into this I, brilliant, like, we're the oblivious enemy to something. It gets muddled and lost near the end there when it gets too big. But I love how he played with this whole hands across America thing, this peace protest where everyone grabbed hands. And it's fantastic. It's this idea of like, look, you can go out. You can all hold hands. You can make this big statement about how we're going to be together. It doesn't matter. Below the surface, nothing is right. Underneath the ground, you can be holding hands. People are down there dying people are down there suffering and it's because we have the leisurely we're able to tweet had so much fun at the protest today you know about to go grab a latte like that we're that we're able to do that and act like we're good people right and there are people suffering who could do a lot with five dollars but that doesn't mean tomorrow i'm not going to buy a coffee it's that weird inverted like domestic guilt of you should feel guilty that you have it so easy or should you or shouldn't you and he wrestles with that and he of course he also tackles a lot of race issues i won't even pretend i understand 
I didn't I didn't get into any of that, yeah. but um like I was It's great. Hey, if you love what you've been hearing so far, please consider supporting Nick and I on Patreon. We put loads of work into all of the podcasts that we do, and we've created our own little network. So you can be one of our first supporters. Just go over to Patreon to the Black Lagoon Network. That's patreon.com slash BLN. You can support all of our shows there. Like at the beginning of the, the before, like when the movie was starting, you know, the, the rabbits in the cage, I felt like there was kind of like a racial undertone to that where, you know, most of the rabbits are white and then there's three black rabbits. And I think those are supposed to symbolize, uh, actually, no, because there's, there's four, there's four in the family, the main characters, yeah, there but there's three in the beginning. Which, you know, it kind of threw me for a loop because I thought uh, this movie would take place in the 80s. And I thought, oh, that's really cool. You know, I like 80s throwbacks and stuff. You know, like homages, like Stranger, Th- St- uh, like Stranger Things. I really love that. You right. know, and you get all these authentic uh, backgrounds and stuff, clothing. Um, but then they, they, they do a, like a switch up. And now it's, you know, present day. Um, and the little girl is, you know, the main character has a loving family and, uh, you know, honestly, I I really like these characters. They're, they're wholesome, they're loving, you know, and the wife has, you know, some issues and stuff, uh, which we'll kind of get into later on the episode. But I, I, I like the exposition to all of this i thought it was really cool to see the um the friendly you know just this um i I was reading a great review by uh the the endlessly pretentious richard brody with the new yorker he's a great film critic who just has this interesting guy very interesting guy he made this great point about how unconsciously black everybody was peel did this really cool thing where he has star characters who are all black but they there's no there's there's no clear yelling from the ceiling look at us we're unique this is different this is a new thing for hollywood they just are there's no big there's no big cultural element there's That's nothing what it's, I love. it normalizes it that is what i love about this film you know they don't blow things out of proportion right. and make this whole this thing a whole race issue even though yes we do have race, racial issues within this country, within you know the United States of America, and it sucks. But but what he does is you know obviously there is undertones of like you know racial issues and, and stuff like that. But he doesn't make it the main focus. He's not focusing on the negative issues. He's turning that negativity into a positivity. And that's what I can really appreciate about this film. Right. Exactly. I mean, I, I felt like he may have been doing some duality of black identity or something like that when mm-hmm. just the main family sees the other things, but their rich white friends get them too. And that broadens the horror to a national level. And then when the big question comes up and our protagonist says, who are you? She says, we're Americans. You know, that's cool. That adds a little periods into the yeah. into the title so us becomes us and it's like oh this is a whole thing and at the very end of the film we see them all holding hands across 
America. Mm -hmm. So it's happening again. This is a reverberation from the 80s, only now it's inverted. People from below came up. All of the hidden subconscious problems below the people holding their hands, pretending things would be okay, surfaced. And now it's, it's here and we can't fight it. That was so cool, especially because we watched it. It wasn't just like um, a home invasion film and we're supposed to really blow it out of proportion to be like, oh, it's a big cultural statement. He literally took the characters and the, what, what were painted as the villains and we find out it's, a, it's the opposite, all that at the end. Uh -huh. He literally had them overtake America at the end of the film. And that was so cool. It, it did get out of hand and it got a little bit muddled, I think. But I like the idea that he actually let it go loose and it wasn't just a abstract idea. We saw the tangible outcome of it yeah. and it really broke the reality of the film, but in, I think in a valuable way, in a necessary way for his message, right? But that is kind of where the film got out of being scary for me because it really hit home when it was in the confines of a small family that's suffering what I with something. Yeah, right, that's why right. I had a little bit of issues like, I, I agree with you I had a little bit of issues towards the end of the film because you know now it's not in one location it's not you know it's not scary anymore but it is still scary to think about you know right. the wide scale aftermath of everything on what's gonna happen to the world everybody's dying you know their doppelgangers are killing them and it's really, it's, yeah, that, that, that's scary. I, I completely agree 100%. But yeah, then again, it, ending gets muddled a bit. and uh, But it's not a problem. It's not a very big issue. You know, it's a small issue that I have with this movie. Uh, I, I mean, I really, really enjoy this film. Um, Do you have other small issues like nitpicks? I have one. With, like this is pathetic of me to even point out, but it really bothered me about the little boy, his care the 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 mm -hmm. the monster she called him or something. I hate. I absolutely cannot stand the little supernatural head tilt. Everything has to do the I'm crazy, so I'm gonna tilt my head curiously at you. He was, do you know what I'm talking about? That I mean, bothers me so much. Everyone does it in everything. It doesn't necessarily bother me. I mean, yeah, you see it all the time. You see Michael it's Myers do the head tilt. You see Jason Every low-budget horror movie does it. Yeah. Every new trailer on YouTube for a really low-budget, money-grabbing January horror film I just has think... a scary-looking person tilt their head in this animalistic yeah. way. And it's like, God, retire that thing, man. I don't know. Get I'm rid not, of it. <laughs> I'm I'm not really. I, I didn't really have an issue with that, but I can I, I can understand why that would be annoying. I just I just took him for how he was. You know, he was an animal. He was just an right. animal. Uh, mm -hmm. They they communicated like animals too. You know, I loved how we barely get like not barely, but like there's the violence doesn't really pick up until like half the halfway mark with the rich white folks living in their right, summer right. vacation home that was graphic and even then they don't show everything but right. they the, the special effects are pulled off so well just the way you know blood just gushing out of her jugular and she's just crawling and but they don't go into like explicit detail 
the whole time yeah it's not gratuitous at all it's just it's that domestic horror element of it uh-huh. it's, it's happening in a safe home it's happening in something we recognize and yeah. that's where i think the movie was at its strongest like we were talking about it's the intimacy of that moment at the beginning where when things go wrong they feel terrifying but yeah. when they blow it up too much it really did kind of dilute the horror on the other hand it gave a stage to the more important point that jordan peele was presumably trying to make with the movie but it did lose some of the horror and it it i kind of lost interest at that point the big twist at least when they announced it because it kind of started getting a little bit more obvious as we approached the ending when they announced the big twist it kind of picked up for me again but um i don't know uh, i don't, i kind of didn't see the twist i like and it's not because i'm oblivious or anything like that i purposefully make myself oblivious i'm not i'm not thinking i am absorbing i'm taking everything in as it is as as the movie is going because i don't want to spoil anything for me for for myself i don't i don't want that to become ruined um so i don't try to think ahead of what the director's thinking or anything like that i just go in with a clear mind and enjoy uh, what's coming in regardless of if it's um you know like you could see it from a mile away and sometimes sometimes you have films where you can see it a mile away and there's nothing you can do about it and then that means you know that's bad you you did a horrible job with your with your script um but uh you want to like do you have any other major key points that you want to talk about because i I really want to like um i want to talk about the the twist itself once we come close to the end Uh, um do i have anything else to say um let's see i did like this idea i I, during the beginning i like these um all the omens that were going Mm -hmm. on all the weird little synchronicities and all of this that were piling uh, up the bible um the jeremiah 11 11 that was cool man i that was i love think about that like this is a chapter in the bible where we get this idea of um you know god bestows on everybody land and says you know you get to keep this on one condition you you keep your covenant with me and they end up reverting you know to the sins of the people who came before them and then god says i'll bring disaster onto you and i'll not even listen to you screaming it's this great powerful like it's like the thing that gave birth to them is now destroying them indifferently and i love this idea of um of um that works so well with the duality introduced in the mm-hmm. movie where the people who are enjoying life above are are simultaneously destroying themselves below yeah. and they don't even know it it's oh, great yeah. i thought that was really cool so we're gonna wrap it up real quick um one last thing that we want to talk about is the twist at the end of this movie oh my lord the twist uh, you know, I was actually really, really surprised. I, I didn't see it coming whatsoever that the, the little girl, the main character that, you know, we thought was the main character ended up being the big bad. Yeah, that was cool. Um, Dominique immediately told me, like, probably 20 minutes into the movie, oh, they switched places. And I was just like, 
Uh, maybe. And then as I watched the film, I was trying to see if that would work, and it did because the red jumpsuits and the scissors and all of this. And at the very beginning, the little girl's watching a trailer for this Hands Across America thing. Mm -hmm. And the jumpsuits, the scissors, all of it matched the, you know, cutting out people who are all holding hands out of paper. And and it, it made sense to me that it matches. So could the little girl have been switched and then she brought that commercial and that mentality down below um suddenly i I, things kind of started clicking in place when they announced that that was the case it was really cool though yeah because i don't know what to do with that like i don't know why that's important to the movie i'm sure it is i don't know why though it's just a cool thing for me it's really cool it's really awesome you know you don't expect it and then just slap in the face um (laughs) yeah like her vocal cords were crushed and that's why she talks that like was a nice touch that was a... it wasn't just oh she talks like that because it's scary they had some reason for it which was very cool yeah i really like the whole the whole battle uh, between her and her doppelganger i thought that was really and we got what's going to become a classic theme for this movie the soundtrack at that point with the really cool like little violin yeah. hits that's cool, I, I, man. They have that in all the trailers. I That's nice. I love, love that. that. That's a good point to bring up. Um, the things the things I like about in horror movies are definitely m- music, but it has to be... You have to be subtle about it. You can't be willy-nilly. You can't go gung-ho with the music. Otherwise, you're going to lose the effect of being scared. You really want to build some atmosphere with your film and definitely the violins definitely matched and worked with this movie and they didn't go overboard whatsoever with the strings or or anything like that and uh it really built tension and then once you know once the uh villain disappears the music stops and you just hold your breath right and you're you're just sitting there thinking, what's gonna happen? Where is she? Is she on top of the car? Is she below the car? Oh, you're you're gonna look. Okay, there's no music now, and that's just that's really freaky. And, and like everything about this movie, from the way that it was directed, to the script, to the actors, the actresses, to the music itself, the compose the, the composure of the music fantastic hands down um and yeah i mean i don't really have much else to say besides jordan peele did an amazing job just just think of what he can do with other licensed horror movie films though he can make them he can he can make them so much better than what hollywood could do because hollywood is just oh reboot it ah remake it ah you know, just change it up, whatever. Do keep doing the same thing. Make make another sequel. No creativity whatsoever, and like I would love to see how he would uh, like work with the Friday the Thirteenth franchise. Like if he ever like, I know that's not gonna be like a thing that that would happen, but I would love to see uh, how he would play a hand in that i i agree i th- i think that's pretty cool because you took friday the 13th you know the whole franchise we're doing on it it does it balances humor and i i don't know i don't call it horror necessarily like i'm not like 
gritting my teeth watching Friday the 13th, but it has that suspense to it and the slasher aspect mm-hmm. to it. And I bet he could do something very cool with that, with just enough humor, just yeah. enough, enough suspense, enough. you know, really balancing it out. <laughs> I'm a child. Okay, so you want to go ahead and wrap up the, uh, the episode? Uh, just... All right, everyone, that does it for our episode on Us. This is a fantastic movie. Love talking about it. Love mm-hmm. watching it. Yeah. Um, you know, if you like what we're doing, you know, subscribe to us on podcast host, on YouTube, whatever you can find. We're on Patreon. Uh, pretty much the whole deal. Yeah. Uh, we truly appreciate your support. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook. Uh, we're planning on doing some uh, live streaming for another episode so we're gonna try to figure out what that's gonna be and um just stay tuned for that uh definitely um you know give us a like comment uh what's your favorite horror movie and why and just let us know what you think about this episode we would really appreciate your support and we appreciate those who support us right now we love you guys so much and we'll see you in the next episode All right, see you there.